Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely f- ignored. <laughs> Right to it wrong. Parents pissed off every time I write a song. Smoke crack, push up sitting. What the fuck is that? It's something funny made for you to laugh at. You're destroying America with your rap. You're so full of shit, I need to call hazmat. The only way I would ever apologize is if I had my face buried in your sister's thighs. Okay, I'm sorry for what it's worth But the best part of you was the afterbirth If you can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river Nah, 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 nah And I fucked your sister You can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river Nah, 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 nah And I fucked your sister Hello. Hello. Welcome back into the asylum, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking all about the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials and part two aired this past week. We are going to talk all about Wild Blue Yonder. Also, later on in the show, we're going to be dropping some motherfucking truth bombs about some things and uh stay tuned for that because that one's gonna get kind of heated if you catch my drift on that but before we get into all of that if i can be serious for a minute how many of you feel like me when it comes to this time of year where it's just i'm over it you know the older i get and the more i have to deal with this time of year i i'm I'm just i'm done like you know my depression is just really bad this time of year you know putting up a tree becomes a chore putting up lights is just like do i really have to do this today there's so many so many things that just go through my brain this time of year and you know the one positive is that i was finally able to convince my wife to get rid of this ugly white tree that we've had for the past couple of years and we have put up a green tree this year so there's that but decorating it i hate doing it you know i hate putting the damn thing up and this thing's a lot wider like it's got a fat bottom on it than the the tree that we've had in the past and just I don't know. I don't know. I hate this time of year. I really do. You know, and then there's, you know, oh my God, I forgot to buy a present for Aunt Nancy. I got to run to the Walmart. And then, you know, oh, are we going over Aunt, Aunt Ida's this year? Because, uh, you know, her and Uncle Jim Bob are, are fighting and I, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, well, I mean, we, you know, if we go to Aunt Ida's, then we also got to go to this person's house because we don't want to leave them out. 
you know, and then there's, oh, well, I, you know, uh, we got to have dinner with so-and-so and then we got to do this and we got to do that. And did it, you know, you know, can we just get to fucking January 2nd? So I don't have to deal with this crap anymore, man. Hate it. No, and then I got to work on Christmas this year. And I'm not complaining because <laughs> double time and a half. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be collecting coins like Mario. I got a coin, uh, plan, plans for them coins. Not that though. Uh, but yeah. All right. So, um, a few things have changed about this episode. Um, as time has gone on and I wasn't sure how I was going to put this one together. Like I had, I had a plan. I had a script. I had everything all ready to go. And then I started thinking, like, if if I put everything out, if I do everything on the show in the order that I was originally going to do it, I was going to put myself in a really bad mood before I got to talking about Doctor Who. And I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure if I wanted to put myself in that kind of a mood before I talked about Doctor Who. So I started weighing everything, and I'm just like, you know, um, what is... Oh, that's fucking lovely. Microphone stand just fucking broke. Got it now. Cool. All right. Um, you know, was that something I really wanted to do? Did I want to put myself? I got to be careful with this bitch. Apparently, um, did I really want to put myself in 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 a bad mood before I started talking about Doctor Who and? I, I went back and forth because um, if you guys saw the teaser for this episode, you guys saw that something happened this past week that made me decide that I needed to talk about a bunch of, uh, about a few things. And um, so I made, I made a decision. I made an executive decision this morning. We're not going to uh, do truth bombs before we talk about Doctor Who. So um, that was a decision made by me. And this show is going to end on an ugly note. Um, but before we get into Doctor Who, got some housekeeping to do. First of all, thank you to the logo that just popped up there in front of my and up there by my head. Psych Ward. Uh, this week we are using not one, not two but three songs from Psych Ward. The one that you heard during my Stream Start Soon promo there, that one is uh, Bass Track. And then obviously the official theme song of Money's Crazy Mind, Funny Bone. 
and the song that you just heard under under my bed to start the show, and that one is called Lab of a Madman. Uh, so uh, thank you to Psych Ward for their continued support. And um, look at that. Like every time I mention their name, their logo pops up on the screen. But if you guys need some tattoo work done, there's only one spot in Northeast Ohio that I go, and that is Tattoo Therapy, Inc., located in the Greenbrier Shopping Center in Parma Heights, Ohio. It is also the home of the Erie Art Gallery, uh, where local artists get together to collaborate. Uh, check out their website and Facebook page for more details. Thank you to Lisa Summers for allowing me to bring back Growing Wings Adult Services as one of the official sponsors of Money's Crazy Mind. And, of course, Nameless Faceless Productions, for which none of this would be happening. Uh, so that's the housekeeping. Um, one more. Uh, well, actually, no, that is not the housekeeping. I lied. I'm a, I'm a horrible human being because I lied. I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm so bad. Um, one more piece of housekeeping. This will be the final episode that will ever that will air on a Friday, or at least I hope it'll be the final episode that'll ever air on a Friday of this particular show. Uh, changing some things around, and I want to get these out earlier than Friday because of the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials, which is our main topic for the for this week and next week, and then after that we're going to move to a bi-weekly status for a little bit and then uh we will come back to f to full force sometime in the next in the new year i should say uh with christmas and me having to work and stuff like that on christmas actually i have to work christmas eve christmas day new year's eve and new year's day so gonna be a little busy for a little bit so that's why we're gonna go bi-weekly until the new year um this uh this week's break song is going to be expendable by big ugly off their second album forgotten um why did you just go away i didn't tell you to go away that was weird anyway um but yeah so uh break song expendable by for uh yeah, expendable by big ugly off their album forgotten and um during the break uh i'm gonna i got a special message from the northeast ohio ghostbusters for you guys as well and then when we come back we will be dropping some truth bombs on everybody but with that said uh we are getting ready to travel back into the magical blue box this week that is bigger on the inside to discuss part two of the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials, Wild Blue Yonder, it is time that we go into the TARDIS. All right, so here we are back inside the 14th Doctor's TARDIS, and we are going to be breaking down the 60th anniversary of the Doctor 
uh, of Doctor Who special number two, Wild Blue Yonder. This episode shocked the hell out of me. And I enjoyed the hell out of this one, too. I had a great time watching this episode. It had laughs. It had suspense. Had some great scares. A chase scene. Explosions. Wilf. It had everything, right? Like, and I don't understand why there's so much hate to this episode. Where they're like, oh, it was boring. Nothing happened. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's just me because I like close quarter horror stories, and that's what this felt like. It felt like a close quarter horror story. And what I mean by close quarters, think about Blair Witch. One location, the woods, and spooky shit happened, and people died. The Thing, which is actually what I compared this episode to, The Thing in Space close quarters you're in antarctica in a little box and that is your setting for the entire movie you know movies like that those are the movies that i like those are those are some of my favorite horror movies are those close quarter horror movies where you have one location everything happens in that location evil dead is another perfect example of that um but yes like this gave me vibes to john carpenter's the thing and i loved every second of it with that um but like river song is always fond of saying if you haven't watched wild blue yonder yet you might want to fast forward to part two of the show because spoilers when we last saw the doctor and donna they were hurling through time and space uncontrollably the episode opens in 1666 where we see isaac newton uh going to sit underneath a tree and unless you live under a rock It's 2023. We all know what happens next. Well, the TARDIS crash lands into the tree that Newton is sitting under. And uh, after a brief exchange between the Dr. Donna and Isaac Newton, they accidentally changed the discovery of gravity into the discovery of Mavity. And that is a running joke throughout the entire show. And loved every second of it because it's like you know it is their memory going to change and to know that it's no longer gravity and is now mavity it did and it was great uh you know so mavity obviously the same concept of gravity but apparently isaac newton can't remember the word gravity that the doctor said to him about four or five times uh the tardis begins going off uncontrollably again and the credits roll. After the credits end, we see the TARDIS flying at speeds I have never seen it fly before and smack right into the wall of a spaceship. Um, the Doctor and Donna get out and they're arguing over whose fault it is that the TARDIS has crashed yet again. Obviously, the Doctor reminds Donna that she's the one that spilled the coffee. And next, you just see more fire shoot out the front of the TARDIS than any dragon could ever muster. And I think every dragon that watched that was just like, why can't I shoot fire like that? But the TARDIS can? Fuck. But this causes the TARDIS to then, obviously, the regeneration that's behind me is done. Uh, we don't know what the new inside of the TARDIS looks like because they, well, actually, we we kind of do, and it looks similar to this. So 
I guess we did see the inside of the TARDIS. I forgot. After it regenerated, because what ended up having to have, have uh, the doctor had to kickstart a regeneration on the TARDIS. And to do that, he used the sonic screwdriver and a not so sonic screwdriver. Um, They then are, you know, trying to figure out where they are. They realize they're on a spaceship. Um, also, the TARDIS is playing the song. As there's fire shooting out its front doors. Wild Blue Yonder, which is the theme song of the United States Air Force. Not the British Air Force, the United States Air Force. But now you see how you got the show, how the episode got its name, because the name of that song is actually wild blue yonder because you know air force sky blue get it good um so that was weird and the and donna is sharing a story with the doctor about how she used to be forced to sing that song in choir when she was in school which again strange because they're british and that's american but anyway um that's the one thing that kind of didn't make any sense to me uh with that but Stranger Things, it's a fantasy show, and I need to remind myself of that, apparently, sometimes, too, just like I was saying last week. Um, they begin to go out and investigate the ship because the computer voice of the ship decides to send out a one-word phrase, Fen's Law. The fuck does Fen's Law mean? Uh, so they go out into the hallway. They see the ship starting to reconfigure itself after it said the word. And the doctor and Donna then see something standing way off into the distance. And we don't know what the hell it is yet. Um, the doctor tries calling to it. No answer. Then all of a sudden you hear the TARDIS start to take off and the, the doctor and Donna go running back through and trying to catch up with the TARDIS, but it's gone with the sonic screwdriver still attached to it because it's still in the process of regenerating. So now the doctor has no sonic. What's the doctor going to do? He's got no Sonic and he's on a spaceship. Presumably just him and Donna and whatever's off in the distance are the only things on this spaceship. But why did the TARDIS take off? The doctor assumed it was because of the HADS that the TARDIS has. What the hell is the HADS? I'm glad you asked. The HADS or hostile action displacement system or simply the displacement system was a, one of the defense mechanisms of the doctor's TARDIS. When the outer shell of the vessel came under attack, the unit dematerialized the TARDIS and rematerialized it a short distance away after the attacker had gone in a safer location. However, another function of this was the dispersal system. Instead of its usual displacement system, which would allow for the TARDIS to appear to actually be blown apart, but in fact remaining intact, various pieces uh, intact in various pieces, with the shield still functional in its original position. The HADs had to be manually set 
and the doctor often forgot to do so or left it off intentionally. It could be turned back on automatically by the TARDIS's regeneration, which is, I think, what we saw when the TARDIS started regenerating because the doctor forced it to regenerate so that it looked pretty again. But now that you're all caught up on all the t- uh, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, let's get back into the story. After examine, explaining the hads to Donna, she is determined to kick the arse of whatever has trapped them there because the TARDIS took off due to something hostile, right? Now, at this point, we have not seen what's hostile. All we know is that the ship is saying weird words like Fen's Law, reconfiguring itself, and there's something way off into the distance. Now, is what is off in the distance the hostile, or have we not seen the hostiles yet? So the doctor tries to figure out where the fuck they are, for one, and how the hell they're going to get out of there, right? So to do that, they start messing with the ship and trying to get it to work. The doctor has to go off into another room and leaves Donna by herself. A very short time later, he comes back into the room. Him and Donna start having a conversation. I'm trying to leave this, you know, even though I said spoilers, I'm trying to leave a lot of what happens in this episode private so that you guys can go and watch it. Let's just say something's not right about the doctor here. And while Donna is dealing with the doctor, the doctor is still in the other room, we find out. So already we're like. And then Donna shows up. And her and the doctor are then having a conversation. About the same time, they both realize, wait a minute we're not talking to the real person here and they end up meeting up and they find their doppelgangers and you discover, Ooh, this is the thing, but there's two of them and a chase scene happens. A really cool chase scene. The doctor and Donna also discovered what was this happened before everything that I just talked about. I, I just don't think anyway, but they discover who it was that was at the other end of a very long, very tuitous hallway. And you can see that very tuitous hallway here in the poster. And that robot is what was at the other end of that hallway. Uh, the doctor knocks on his head, tries to get him to talk to him. No verbal skills whatsoever. At least none that this robot wants to display at that current time. However, it is moving slower than the sloth in Zootopia. Looking at him again kind of reminds me of the robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And people wonder why I'm a fan of Doctor Who. I just like that kind of crap. Anyway. Um, so now they're trying to discover who these two creatures are that look a lot like the Doctor and Donna, but can't quite get the human form down right. And they talk about the different ways that they can't. Uh, The doctor then figures out that these are two very dangerous creatures because of other things that they can do other than looking like the doctor and Donna and has to then find a way to get them out of there safely. Meanwhile, while the doctor is deducing all of this, the original inhabitant of the spacecraft decides to show up outside the ship, floating in space, tethered to a cable. Not wearing a helmet. 
painful. The Doctor and Donna are now racing these creatures, trying to, to get to what they need to do to stop this particular threat. And because now the threat is being neutralized, the TARDIS reappears. The Doctor gets into it and starts skateboarding, kind of like, you know, he's doing like a skateboarding thing. So basically the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2, if, if I can put it into terms like that, and tries to figure out which Donna is the real Donna. He picks one, puts her on the TARDIS, and things happen. And that's where we're going to leave that part of the story. Once everybody is out of danger and they return to modern times, or they think, we are reintroduced to Donna's grandfather, Wilf. And what makes me change my attitude about this a little bit is because the actor that played Wilf in season four and all, well, all the seasons that Donna was on, plus obviously this part of the special, passed away before he was able to finish filming his scenes for the 60th anniversary specials. And we never get a conclusion to his story. And that was one of the things that I was kind of looking forward to knowing that Donna was back, that we might actually get to see him. Cause I knew he was alive while they were filming the 60th anniversary specials, but I did not realize that he passed away before he had a chance to finish filming it because they had to take a break from filming these spe specials and um unfortunately he passed away before he got to finish uh so it was a it was a big big thing <clears throat> to see him appear at the end of this episode and he is trying to warn the doctor and donna that something's not right that things are going very, very wrong, and that that's the reason why he appeared to the Doctor and Donna and not Donna's husband, mother, and daughter, which is who was there when they left, when the TARDIS went haywire. Uh, as I mentioned, this episode had explosions. An explosion happens here, and that's pretty much where the episode ends. Again, this episode was phenomenal. I do not understand a lot of the hate that is coming out for these specials for Doctor Who. And, you know, when, when, when you bring it up to people that, like, you know, you're not watching part two because of 20 seconds of part one, where you claim that Doctor Who is no longer Doctor Who, but it's now Doctor Woke. Well, here's my theory on all of this, because I hope that everybody by this point has gotten to watch the Star Beast, which is part one of these specials and according to one of the people that i've spoken to about this they're saying that by making the doctor say what it said to the meep in that episode about assuming gender that that is disrespectful to david tennant and i've never heard of something more asinine in my entire life You watch this show knowing that the person that is playing the character of the doctor is eventually going to change to somebody else. The doctor has been a woman twice in its history. 
the most recent incantation of the doctor before we got David Tennant back for the 14th doctor was a woman. So you can assume that now the doctor is still trying to get all of those memories from that 13th doctor all figured out in its head. Cause we've seen it happen before, especially when he regenerated into Peter, uh, Peter Capaldi. He had to reboot everything in his brain because of all the information that was in there. Now, I also want to bring this up. We don't know if the character of Rose, Donna's daughter, is going to have any future involvement in these specials. I'm going to assume not, considering what we know already about the show when Chudi takes over. But to deny yourself from enjoying something that you've enjoyed because of 20 seconds of dialogue is not only stupid, but it's just a little bit ignorant. I have my own opinion about the transgender agenda. And I think that some of these people are blinding themselves to the fact that the only thing that Disney has any involvement in, in Dr. Who, and this was part of the agreement to bring Dr. Who to Disney plus was to stream it. That's it. And they paid the BBC a shit ton of money to have those streaming rights, but they have zero say in the content or story development of these of these episodes. They are solely the property of the BBC, except to be streamed internationally on Disney+. Plus. So to sit there and say that Doctor Who has become part of the woke agenda, you're fucking stupid. It's a science fiction television show where the main character can become a man, a woman, or any kind of alien being it has ever come into contact with whenever the fuck it chooses. So to get upset because there's one line where they're saying, how dare you assume gender when the character that is saying it is part time Lord and was pretty much just bringing up the fact like, bro, you can change your gender anytime you want to. Which is actually what I think happened to the character of Rose. The new character of Rose. Not the original one played by Billy Piper. But the new Rose. Donna's daughter. That's honestly what I think this is. Is that Rose found a way to regenerate. That's what I think is happening here. Give me a second. I want to readjust this a little bit. There we go. Because so I think now when I back away from it, you can hear me a little bit better. Actually, I think you can. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's let's keep it the way it is now. All right. Anyway. But that's kind of what I'm getting tired of hearing. And then there was another line in this episode that was kind of similar to that, where the Donna says, wow, you know, uh, the Isaac Newton was pretty, was a, uh, pretty sexy man and the doctor responded yes he was oh do i talk like is that a thing now but again you got to remember he was just a woman 
So that's a, a lot of his feminine side still coming out because he was just a woman. It, everything is easily explained away and doesn't have to be a part of any kind of fucking agenda. If you enjoy something, enjoy it. Don't let bigoted opinions pr- stop you from enjoying something. But to each their own. But I do think it's ridiculous to not enjoy something just because of a few lines of dialogue that I just very easily explained away. But that's just me. Moving on to the final of the three Doctor Who specials. The Giggle. We are now two episodes in, and I think I'm finally starting to figure out what is going on here. We still do not know why this face returned to the doctor. We still do not know why Donna had to be reactivated. And we still have not seen a physical presence of the celestial toy maker. But I do think that everything that we've seen in these first two episodes are gearing towards the toy maker's final confrontation with the doctor. And I find this really funny. I wrote a bunch of notes that of stuff that I wanted to get to, and I have been barely paying attention to them. So I like that. However, I do think that the toy maker's hands have been in everything that we have seen in these first two episodes. I think that the reason why we have David Tennant back as the doctor is because of the celestial toy maker. The reason why Donna is involved is because of the toy maker. The reason why the meep ended up coming to earth is because of the toy maker. And think about something that the meep said, the meep said, I'm going to tell my boss about this. What if the celestial toy maker is his boss? That to me is a, is an incredible thing that we have yet to touch upon. Also, we have not seen the celestial toy maker in an episode of Doctor Who since season 3, which was still the first Doctor. And at the end of that confrontation between the toy maker and the Doctor at that time, the Doctor said he may be stopped for a while but he's immortal and all-powerful, and he can come back whenever he wants. When he has another game, he wants to play. I think that the Doctor regenerating into David Tennant, Donna being involved in everything that's happened, is all part of the Toymaker's game. And that the Toymaker has had 13 other doctors to sit there and manipulate in some way. And we don't even know. We don't even know if he's been involved in any of that stuff either. But I will say this, just seeing the one minute clip that the doctor who YouTube channel put out of Neil Patrick Harris as the celestial toy maker. That was the tease for the tomorrow special. This dude is going to be diabolical. And I love the fact that it's Neil Patrick Harris. So I can't wait to see how this is going to end. But I am afraid. I'm afraid that it's going to be rushed. I'm afraid 
that we're not going to be able to get all the answers we want in the time frame that they're going to give this special. And my evidence of this is the 50th anniversary special, which on television was about two hours long with commercials. Without commercials, it's an hour and 17 minutes. None of these other two specials have gone past the one hour mark. And just with the amount of information that we need to figure out, why is this doctor's face back? Why was Donna involved? And, you know, what the toy makers game actually is, I think we're going to need longer than an hour. And I'm hoping that that's what they decide to do is make this longer than an hour. Obviously, I have no evidence of what they're going to do yet because the special hasn't aired yet. And they're keeping a lot of these this information very tight to the chest. And they don't reveal anything about the, the episodes that have aired before until after those episodes have aired. And I like that. I like that mire of secrecy. But I do think that they need to make this last one longer than an hour. And I'm hoping that they do. Because, you know, aside from just answering all the questions that we have, why did this doctor come back? Why did Donna have to come back? What is the toy maker's game? Why did he wait 57 years to, to attack the doctor again? We still have to have the 14th doctor become the 15th doctor of Chudi. Uh, 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 or I'm sorry. Uh, I think that I think he pronounces it because I, I saw a video with him and I, that's how I've been uh, Chutti Chutti Gatwa. And that's supposed to happen at the end of this. Because for everything that we know about the Christmas special is that it's the first adventure of the 15th Doctor. So somewhere in the 14th, in this last 60th anniversary special, 14 becomes 15. And we have to get introduced to that Doctor's companion as well. So there's a lot of answer, uh, questions that still need to be answered. And I don't think that an hour is going to be long enough to do it. So I'm hoping that this special is going to be longer than these other two. And given that a normal episode of Doctor Who can be anywhere between 58 minutes to 40, 45 minutes to 58 minutes, you know, I mean, this just feels like it would feel just like another episode. And I don't, I don't want, I don't want everything that I've been loving about these specials to get, ruined because this last piece is rushed these other two episodes have been perfect in length and everything and i'm hoping that they do the same thing with this one but given the amount of information that they need to cover i don't see it getting done in an hour but we'll have to wait until tomorrow to see and the giggle premieres at 1 30 p.m eastern standard time on disney plus internationally and the, or you know whatever your time zone is I, I i'm in eastern so i know the time for eastern and 6 55 p.m on bbc one overseas in england um if you guys want to familiarize yourself with the celestial toy maker before tomorrow's episode airs to be now has quite a few episodes of classic Doctor Who available, and the Celestial Toymaker episodes are part of that. Just go to Season 3, and the episodes are called The Celestial Toymaker. Watch those. You'll familiarize yourself with the character, 
and you'll see why this is going to be a very formidable foe for the Doctor. And given what we have yet to see from the original trailer for the 60th anniversary specials, which I did show on this very show, there's a lot of action that we're that we have not seen yet. So that's another reason why I think that this last one is going to be longer than an hour. And I hope it's going to be longer than an hour. But given that it is the final part and this is the ending of the 60th anniversary, I think they're going to go big. And if everything that I'm hearing from Russell T Davies that he's been speaking about, they're going big and they're going big in a big, bad way. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this closes out. And, you know, the meep said that he had a boss. We talked about that. Is the toy maker, the meeps boss is, is, is the, Everything tied to the toy maker. I'm curious to see. And also, we got word that the Doctor Who Christmas special, which is returning under the two because Russell T. Davies has returned, will be on Christmas Day. Yes! Yeah, buddy. Can't wait for that being introduced to the 15th doctor. And I think I made the right decision putting this before we get to truth bombs. Um, so what we're going to do now is I want to just, before we go to break, I want to preface this next part of the, the second half of the show by saying discretion is advised, but is going to be completely ignored I talked about it at the beginning of the show and I teased it on the money's crazy mind Facebook page something happened this past week and I've decided to no longer be silent about some of the reasons why I decided to leave the radio station that I used to be associated with. And I got to warn you. Anybody from that station that might be watching this. I don't hold back. About anything. All that. When we return right here on Money's Crazy Mind. We're going to go to break. And I mentioned it before. Expendable. By Big Ugly is your break song for this week. And also, a special announcement from the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters when we come back. This is Money's Crazy Mind. And these guys are Big Ugly. Don't know if you guys can hear me or not, but uh, for some reason, the hard drive that held, held that song decided not to play it properly. So we're going to restart it.
For all your audio needs of Money's Crazy Mind, you can check us out on all these great podcasting platforms, and we even have a couple of more that we need to talk about. But you can get it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and we have just added Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Or if you want to check out our website, you can do so at podpage.com forward slash monies dash crazy dash mind oh wow that sounds that sounds really great wow that sounds like a really good deal who are you talking to uh, the northeast ohio ghostbusters hello northeast ohio ghostbusters what are you wearing uh khakis well that sounds hideous well, they're Ghostbusters. All right, all right, all right. We are back. Hour number two. Well, just about hour number two. Here on Money's Crazy Mind, the asylum is officially reopened. And I told you guys that I was going to have a special announcement from the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters during the break. I am a man of my word, and that is the truth. I do have a very special announcement from the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. We received a package in the mail from Sony Pictures and Ghost Corp. And no, it is not Mini Puffed Heads, even though um, because they're the burnt variants, you can't see some of their face. Uh, but I do have some Mini Puffed Heads. Ooh, wow, that one's even worse. Okay. Anyway, well, I tried. I tried. But look, we got a Mini Puffed here, too. But you're probably not going to see some of them because of the burn feature. But anyway, um, we did receive a package from Sony Pictures. And in that package was promotional material for the new film Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. So if you know a member of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters, you can reach out to them. And we can get our hands on that promotional material and get it to you. What is the promotional material you might be asking yourself? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, I am. <laughs> wow, go figure. I'm wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt. Um, but that promotional material is... I need a drum roll. I just realized that I don't have a drum roll sound effect. We'll work on that for next week. Anyway, the promotional material that we received from Sony Pictures is movie theater size posters and lobby card side size posters for the new film. And these are actually a little bit, in my opinion, they're a little bit better than the ones that we got for Afterlife because these are literally just the frozen ghostbusters logo that you see in all the advertising and it says coming soon exclusively in theaters that's it now the afterlife posters were pretty cool because you know it had the i wish i can show it but it's got a bunch of green in it and green screen and green don't mix and i mean as you can tell even there's some shades of yellow that don't go very well with green screen as well um, but you guys have seen the poster for for uh, Afterlife. It's got 
the Ghostbusters Afterlife logo at the top. It's got that big swirling green thing that was coming out of Gozer's Temple. And it's got the family coming out of Ecto-1. So that that's the official poster for Afterlife. That's what we received for Afterlife. These, I think, are, are better because it's just got that Frozen Empire logo on it. Um, so if you guys would like to get your hands on some of those posters, you can reach out to myself. You can reach out to the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters uh, Facebook page. Just message them, say where you live, and how we can get those posters to you. If you are within the Parma area, myself or another member of our team that lives in Parma will be able to get those posters to you. And also, stay tuned for 2024 because we are working on some big things with Sony for the premiere of the movie and i think you guys are going to like what we're what we're getting together uh for the premiere of frozen empire june or i'm sorry march 29th 2024 and then obviously ghostbusters day june 8th 2024 for the 40th anniversary we're working on something kind of special too so stay tuned for all of that Anyway, welcome back into the asylum. As you can see, I am back in the Money's Crazy Mind control room. And I was hoping that it would never come to this. But apparently, I need to drop some truth bombs on some people. When I made the decision to leave the station that I was most recently associated with, there were many factors that made me come to the decision that I made. When it came to talking about those decisions on the air, I chose a diplomatic approach. I chose to be cordial. I chose to sit there and say that I wished them the best of luck and that I hoped that they were successful in the rest of their journey. I've always said that I was proud of my time there and enjoyed the time that I got to work with everyone there and wished everyone success. It appears, though, that regardless of what the owner would post on the public Facebook page for that station, that that particular sentiment was not reciprocated. Well, Checking in on some of their programming, my former co-host from the Steeler pod, Steelers podcast that I used to be involved in there took it upon themselves to take an unwarranted pot shot at me to open their most recent episode. Now, if you guys watched the two Halloween episodes that I put out and you watched the HasLab reveal for... Um, the two in the box and at the end of the episode you know what i just added some more content ding, ding, ding. at the end of this episode we are going to give an update because we are down to three days for that particular campaign we're going to give an update about the HasLab two in the box because i think you guys are going to like this um and even last week's episode i have never had anything negative to say about anybody at that station or any of their shows. 
I even mentioned one of their show hosts on the show last week. So when I when I go to watch this and I hear what they said, and it wasn't just what they said, it was how they said it. I saw red. And I contacted some of my friends and I said, I don't believe this. And I sent them the episode and they're like, what the fuck? I haven't been associated with that station in two months. So the fact that you wait, well, I mean, honestly, you haven't really had that many opportunities to take any pot shots at me because you haven't really been doing any shows in most of the time that I've been gone. So I guess this is the first opportunity that you had. But considering the fact that I had been gone for two months and you decide to do this now, it's kind of just fucking stupid, in my opinion. And, I, and I'm, I'm still in shock that it even happened. But again, I haven't had anything negative to say about anything that anybody associated with that radio station. Which makes what they decided to do even more baffling to me. And before I get into what happened and what I have to say about it, I'm going to say this. After this segment of this episode of Money's Crazy Mind, that radio station and anybody affiliated with it either on screen or behind the scenes will never, ever be mentioned on this show or any other production or any other broadcast, I should say, that Nameless Faceless Productions is ever going to do. And that is a promise. But to open their show, which started 20 minutes late, go figure. One of the hosts stated that the new producer of the show, the owner of the station, must have been possessed by the spirit of the old producer of the show, but that whose name he wasn't going to mention and didn't want to mention because it would hurt feelings. Their guest, who I'm also familiar with because he's been a part of, of this particular show for a few months now, followed that up with, yeah, we wouldn't want anybody to have a heart attack. Now, instead of the owner of the station, who you can't see on camera because I'm guessing they were having problems with their equipment again, got on the microphone and said, well, you know, yeah, no, we wouldn't want anybody to be a part of that exclusive club. And it shocked me that he had anything negative to say about me with the situation that I'm in with my health, considering the fact that this man had a heart attack himself and decided to take almost a year away from running his radio station. So instead of being a boss and instead of being someone who 
should be able to maintain control of what happens on his broadcasts. You know what? I'm going to move into my rear view here of my studio. But instead of being the person that is supposed to be in charge of the radio station and make sure that things run smoothly, fairly, and justly for everybody involved at that radio station, he decided to be the one to ag it on and to continue the conversation by saying that comment that he that nobody wants to be a part of that exclusive club when guess what, asshole, you're in the same fucking club. The concern of added stress on my heart had been a major reason as to why I left. However, it wasn't the main reason. There are a number of reasons that I decided to leave. The ones that really added to it, on top of you know me having issues with my own heart health and trying not to either have a stroke or have a worse situation which would mean having a full-blown heart attack which i got lucky and didn't have a full-blown heart attack the the biggest one was lack of support if we had any kind of particular situation happen at the station You know, I would get on the phone with him and I would say, hey, man, this needs to get taken care of. Okay, well, you're the station manager. Take care of it and I'll back you up. I would take care of it. And I would never be backed up. It all of a sudden became that was his decision. If you guys don't like it, it's on him. It was never we're a team, which is what he always preached in meetings and on the air. But when it came to what actually happened behind the scenes, it was him versus us. And whenever anybody would make a a decision and he would agree to it, if it didn't work, it was never we as a team decided to go through with that. It was that was that person's decision. Blame them. And I know I repeated myself on that, but that's how, how it went. Every time. Or we would have a meeting. We would discuss something. It would get made. And we would move forward with that decision. And then the very next week at the exact same kind of meeting. It was always we never discussed that. That wasn't something that was decided upon. And everybody else in the room would be looking at him like. Yes it was. We have it right here in our notes. And we would read the notes to him. And he'd be like, I don't remember discussing that. So that 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 never happened. So it's not it's not a thing. It's not a thing until we agree upon it. And then the three of the other three people in the room, myself, the executive producer, and the general manager, would all look at each other and be like, We agree. Apparently the only person that doesn't after agreeing to it last week is you. Okay, fine. Well, if that's what you guys want to do, then we'll do it. But when it doesn't work, I was right. Okay. Thanks. When I agreed to become the station manager, we agreed that 
I would get part of the show fee money. And what, what what's a show fee? That's the money that the people that have their shows on that radio station pay to the radio station for the use of their facilities and the use of a producer. So the portion of that money that I would be getting paid was for my part of running the day-to-day operations of the radio station and also for the shows that I produced. In recent time, there wasn't many shows that I produced, but some of that wasn't even on me. Some of that was on the show host. They didn't want me to produce their show. They wanted the other guy, and I was fine with that. But part of my responsibilities were to make sure that people's contracts were current and signed. Make sure that if something were to go wrong with production, I tried to figure out what it was and have it fixed before the next time that particular, but the next time a show goes on the air. Not just that particular show, but any show. It was also making sure that everybody's shows started and ended on time. And that the shows were recognized at the end of the month for who were the best shows for the month. For most of the time that I was the station manager there, I left Money's Crazy Mind out of that running. Because I didn't feel that it was fair for an executive at the station to be a part of those awards when they were supposed to be honoring the shows that we had on the air. Obviously, some of that went out the window because the Steelers podcast that I was a co-host on was part of that running, even though myself and the owner of the station were two of the co-hosts on there. But because we had a third who was not part of the executive team, we decided to include that one in the running. And there were a few months when I legitimately won best show at studio two, but I gave it to the runner ups because I didn't think it was fair for me being an executive of that station to win an award. And then it came down to the owner having his own show wanting me to produce it, but obviously since he owns the station, he doesn't pay a studio fee like everybody, like all the other shows do. So now I'm working for free because I'm not getting paid for his show. I'm not getting paid for the Steelers show that I was a part of. And so I said, well, you know, I get show fees from the other shows, so that makes up for it. Shows that I don't produce. So that makes up for it. Some time would pass. And it would start to be, well, you're not producing those shows, so you shouldn't get paid for those shows. Well, what about the shows that I produce that don't pay a show fee? That's not fair. I'm taking time out of my Saturdays and Sundays to be a part of those shows. Yes, I'm a host of the Steelers show, but I'm also producing it. I should be entitled to get paid for my time. 
And it became a huge fight month after month. And then it was, well, you produce so-and-so show, but they're not in studio. So all you have to do is just load a video into our streaming software. No, I did a lot more work than that, than that to that particular show. Because when he would submit those shows, they didn't have the station logo. They didn't have the station sponsor logos. They didn't have a lot of other branding that needed to be added because the guy does his show from home. So I literally had to go through and re-edit and redo his entire show to add those elements into it so that it looked like a show that belonged on our network. And once we started adding like sponsors, videos and commercials and things like that, that, that that they would submit to us, we'd have to add all that too. And then if there was anything that the station was sponsoring or that any of our show hosts were doing, we had to add all that stuff on too. We're talking hours of work that I put into a show that was pre-recorded and sent to us. There's a lot of other things that I did for that station too. A lot of what you see on a lot of these shows now, other than ones that are produced by the owner, a lot of those were my ideas. Recording all of our sponsors' names and businesses and everything like that and putting them at the beginning of the show, I did that. And to this day, they're still using my recordings with my voice on them. But not having any support and having decisions overturned, that, that affected a lot of people at that radio station. But then I think that, that, that it also helped in the fact that when I would try to enforce one of the rules for the radio station, nobody would want to listen to them because they can go to the owner and say, hey, owner. I don't like what he just said to us. And then he'd say, well, then don't listen to him and, and just continue to do whatever you're doing. And that was evident in the fact that one particular show took it upon themselves to put my personal business out on the air and basically had all the information wrong about the situation to begin with. My car was in the shop for three months because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with it and they wanted to make sure that it was fixed so that the car was safe to drive but my car was in the month for uh, in the shop for three months i couldn't get to the station when i wanted to be there i couldn't do a lot of things i had to take a job that was close to home that i could walk to just to make money And these guys decided to go on the air and say that the reason why I wasn't at the studio for their shows to, to sit there and watch them. I mean, what do, you, what do you want me to sit there and watch you do? You're talking about sports. You need a babysitter? It's my wife's job. She's the nanny. But they went on their show. And they said that the reason why I hadn't been in the studio for three months is because my car got repossessed. 
which isn't the truth. They also went on the air and said that, that I obviously can't walk to the station when the station's in Berea and I live in Parma because my shoes got repossessed. And the only reason I even found out about this is because a friend of mine was watching the show and said, hey, what's going on? Are you having money problems? No. What are you talking about? So I'm at work and I put their show on and I hear them say this and I got pissed and I had every reason to be. One, I'm an executive of that radio station, and you're talking about me like that on the air. Two, you're putting out false information that is making it into the ears and eyes of people that it doesn't need to be getting into the ears and eyes of. Because not only was it my friends that was hearing this, my wife's family was hearing this too, and they started asking us if we were having money problems. That's embarrassing. And it's wrong. And I asked for it to stop. And from what we knew, it was supposed to stop. And then it didn't. But apparently, instead of them being adults about it and just, you know, saying, oh, okay, well, you know, we said something about somebody a couple weeks ago and, and we're sorry. It won't happen again. You know, we'll be respectful. They decided to turn another, turn it into another bit. And be even more disrespectful. So whenever they would get to the schedule of shows that were at that station. And it would come down time to mention my show. Instead of saying my name. They would do this. And then they would find another sound effect. When it would come down to the name of my show. Since obviously. The name of my show is my last name. So you know. They would be even bigger assholes and, you know, do something like instead of saying the name of my show. So now you're not promoting programming that's on the network. And that is even more disrespectful because, again, I'm an executive of the station, but you're also being childish and stupid about it. And when I went to them and said, hey, I want this to stop. And they said, absolutely not. We're going to continue doing it. I then went to the owner of the station and the general manager. And I said, it's going to stop. It's disrespectful. And if you're going to read down this schedule of shows at the station, you're going to mention every show. I'm the station manager and they should be listening to me. The answer I got, whatever you decide to do, I back you up. I went to them one more time and I said, I'm coming to you as an adult. I want it to stop. It's disrespectful. You are going to name my show and it's time slot instead of playing stupid, childish sound effects in its place. And we are going to meet and get whatever animosity is between us settled so that we can have a professional relationship. Again, the answer I got was no, we're not going to stop. We're going to continue doing it and we're not going to meet with you because we don't feel that there's any reason to meet with you. I then said, okay, I've already had a discussion with the owner and the general manager and 
we all agree that if you do not agree to do this, your show is suspended until further notice. And that further notice is going to be whenever you decide to come and meet with me so that we can make some kind of working relationship happen. Again, they said, nope, that's not happening. We're going on the air, whether you like it or not. And instead of the owner of the, of the radio station coming to my back, like he said he had, he said nothing. And I said, okay, you've made your decision. And now I'm making mine. I want nothing to do with your show. As long as your show is still on this network, I want nothing to do with it. And apparently it doesn't matter that I'm a station manager and that I have the authority to do exactly what I'm trying to do. And that's discipline you for not listening to the executives of the station. So I'm done. And I left their chat and I went to the general manager and the owner and I said, whatever decisions involve that show, I'm done. I want, I, I'm not involved in any decisions going forward involving that show. And even the general manager said that for him to stay silent and not back me up the way he said he was going to and not come to my defense the way he said he was going to was wrong and that she even told him so. I, at that point, decided that was when I was going to take my leave of absence for October. And that's when I started thinking about a lot of other things that have happened there, too. Everybody else in that place was allowed to have a normal nine to five job, including the owner of the station, because he has three. But whenever it would come down time for me to have a job or to me have a schedule change or whatever, it was a problem. Well, you're not putting your you're not uh, being available when I need you to be available. Well, when do you need me to be available? Well, whenever something is going wrong, wrong at the station, if if if, you know, and if the other person can't produce, I need you to be there. Well, I'm sorry. I have a job and I can't do that. You have a job. You're the owner of the station. Make yourself available. I have zero control over my schedule. I work when I'm told to work, period. It was the same when I was at the bar. Now, the bar owner was a little nice and gave me some leeway, but he couldn't give me the kind of leeway that he wanted me to have. But when I worked for the United States Postal Service, there was no leeway. I was there until I was done and every piece of mail was out of my truck. But apparently it didn't matter to him because I needed to be available whenever I, he wanted me to be available. And I just, I couldn't make that happen. And it became a huge argument and we would get into very nasty fights and in front of other people, namely the general manager of the, of the business who even said, I don't understand what, why he continues to fight with you on things that have already been discussed. And he can go ahead and spin it any way he wants to sit there and say that she, you know, backed him up 99% of the time. 
when in reality, that wasn't the case. And I know it wasn't the case because I was there. But then he would involve my wife and say that even though I'm married, my wife has zero say in anything that I do. When in reality, if a marriage is working properly, it's a 50-50 partnership. So yes, she does have say in what I'm doing. And when I sit there and I tell you, the only days off of work that my wife has are weekends and that I'd like to be able to spend some time with my wife on the weekends since that's when she's home, that's what I want. And that's what I'm going to do. So if I'm not available to produce a show on a Friday night or a Saturday night, it's because I'm trying to spend time with my wife. And it's the only time I really get to spend with her during the week. He didn't like that. And when we got into the argument about the show continuing to make fun of me on the air, my wife could be heard in the background telling me to calm down because my heart rate hit 200 beats per minute, 60 beats a minute away from having a stroke. And she was trying to get me to calm down. And he had the nerve to sit there and say, I don't want to hear any squawking from the chickens in the back. You disrespectful fuck. That's my wife. And I'll defend her till my death. But he didn't like the fact either that after I had my incident that happened at the end of June, that my wife called him and said, anything involving Redline Radio goes through me until his health is better. I had to go behind her back and say, look, if you need something and it's important, contact me. If it's not important, have somebody else take care of it. And I said, do not blow up my phone every day because I'm not going to be available. And he continued to do so. When he had his heart attack, he took almost a year off from the station. I had no problem stepping up and running the everyday operations and every form of the operations for that radio station so that he could take time away so that he could get better and he didn't have to worry about what was going on at the radio station. I have that happen to me and I'm not allowed to take any time away. I had to be right back doing everything that I was doing from that time forward. Now I, I, I was away from a couple of my duties, but that's only because I had just started a new job and my schedule, my work schedule prevented me from being there. But I had made that known months in advance, but yet it still was a problem. Well, when are you coming back to produce my show? I told you as soon as my training schedule ends at the beginning of July. Well, does, well, does the other person know about this? Yes, we've had several discussions about it. Well, you need to make sure that he knows that because he claims that you never told him. Then that's on him. It's in the chats. And I even went back and showed him. And that's another thing. Like he would sit there and say that he put something in a chat for people to see and it never shows up. 
And then he's got mysterious screenshots of things that were supposedly discussed in a chat that nobody else could see. And when anybody else would bring it up to him, we're the liars. And we would take screenshots of our chats and he would accuse us of, of deleting stuff. And I'm like, dude, if you delete something out of a Facebook messenger chat, it'll sit there and say, this message has been deleted. Do you see that anywhere? No, but you know where I do see it on your phone. And he would schedule events and schedule things without asking anybody first if they were going to be available. And then when we would say, dude, we have other plans because there was nothing scheduled that day. He'd get pissed at us and say, we have to drop whatever we were doing and go do this thing for the station. It don't work that way, dude. If we had consistent pay and pay that we knew that was going to be there every month, which we never did because there were a lot of shows that conveniently forgot to pay show fees or would conveniently pay them late. Even though it's in their contract that if your show fee was late, your show is suspended. And how do I know that? I wrote the contract. But those things were never enforced. And whenever myself or the general manager would try to, he'd turn around and say, hey, I'll take care of their show fee, and it never got paid. Or their, their show fees waived for the month because they have something going on. Okay, well, I have shit going on too. I can't waive my duties. I can't waive my, my bills. I can't sit there and call the illuminating company and say, hey, dude, can't pay my electric bill this month because I had a heart attack and I can't go to work. No, they want their money. And, and his biggest thing was, I want to run this more like a business, but yet he never ran it like a business. He still ran it like a fucking hobby by letting people slide on stuff and never enforcing any of the rules that he wanted enforced. We need to start doing this. And if we don't start doing it, then you guys are in trouble. Okay. We try doing it. No, no, no. Don't do that. I'm sorry. You, you can't do that. Not to that person. Oh, that's right the circle and if your show was outside of the circle good luck because you were the ones that the rules got enforced on but if your show was inside the circle oh you had free reign to do whatever the fuck you wanted you could smoke weed in the fucking studio you can smoke on air you could drink on air you could say cunt you could say all the other words that supposedly were never allowed to be spoken on the radio station but hey as long as you're within the circle and dave is sitting underneath you sucking your teeth you could do whatever the fuck you wanted and that include getting your own personal stuff promoted whether or not that station's branding was on it or not but god forbid i wanted to promote something for the northeast ohio ghostbusters or God forbid, Loud and Local, a show that's no longer on their network, so I'll say the name of that show, wanted to promote one of the concerts that they were trying to promote. Or God forbid, God forbid, 
you had to take time away from your show. Because you were hounded every day. When are you coming back? How long are you? is your show going to be out? I have people that want that time slot. Give me that time slot. If you're not going to do your show, I'm giving up your time slot. Dude, I broke my ankle. I can't come to the studio. And th- this is a legit story, mind you. I'm out for six months. I had to have a reconstructive surgery on my knee. I had, to, I had to do this. I had to do that. These are stories that people are saying. And we're saying, okay, no problem. Your spot's here when you get back. But because this, because he would blow people up on their phones and on their Facebook and on their text messages, they all ended up sitting there saying, you know what? I'm out. More money out of my pocket. More money out of your executive producer's pocket. More money out of your general manager's pocket. More money out of your station's pocket. And then you, you, you kept telling me, you know, oh, we need to find more producers. Reach out to the Ohio Media School. Reach out to this school. Reach out to that school. And I do it. And all of them say the exact same thing. Paid internships. Obviously, we can't do that because he can't even afford to pay the people that work for him now. And I tell him this stuff, and it's my fault. It's my fault we can't pay interns? It's my fault it's 2022 and interns want to get paid? It's my fault that other radio stations and television stations are offering paid internships, but you want people to come here for $0. Right. And then you fracture the relationship with the Ohio Media School because you call them being an asshole for not bringing students our way and not promoting the fact that we have an internship program. That's why we can't get any students because you keep ruining the relationship. And for me, I think the worst thing is that I did take it upon myself to run that station for a year while you were out dealing with your heart attack. That included setting up the largest remote that we have for the year. Good luck getting that thing off the ground now because I got to make sure that I let that person know I'm no longer associated with that radio station and that any information about that event needs to get sent to you. But it just seemed like it was okay for everybody else to be able to to afford their lives and and have a job and run a business and everything else. But whenever it came down to me, if it wasn't for the benefit of red for that station, I wasn't allowed to do it. When I started Nameless Faceless Productions, I was told, "What what is that going to do for Redline?" I don't know. What is it going to do? What are you going to pay me to do? And whenever I would try to put Nameless Faceless Productions branding on anything that I did do for that station, I was told, you can't do that. Really? Because anything that I edit, anything that I put together, 
and anything that you ask me to put together that is not somebody's weekly episodic show. Yeah, I'm doing it through the stuff that I own. And yeah, my my company's logo is going to be on it. And even something that wasn't even Redline's property. And I and I know I keep screwing up and saying the name, but I you know, fine. You know, like I said, this is the last time that anything about this is ever going to be mentioned. Like when when they were working with CRS Trucks, I was the one that would edit all those videos, put the music on it, edit edit everything together, put it together, make it look the way it looks for every week that it aired. CRS said, if I'm the one doing the work, my company's logo goes on the videos. CRS owned everything about that. The only thing we did was show it. I tell that to him and he says, well, it's on our thing and I, and it, and whatever happens on it, I is my say, so not theirs. It's our production. No, it's not. It's their race. It's their racers. It's their everything. All we're doing is showing it on our, on our network with their permission. And I even looked at him dead in the face and I said, go ahead and tell that to the guy that owns CRS. And see what he says. You know what he's going to say? It's done. And for a lot of those races, th- it was travel out of state. And I finally put my foot down and said, I'm not traveling out of state. I'm not going to waste my entire day when I could be spending it with my wife recording this when I'm not getting paid. And when he finally did get a sponsorship for it, it was $75. for six and a half hours of editing. But the worst of it all is that, you know, he claimed that he was my friend. And he said that I was his best friend. But I'm not seeing that. And did he help me out at times when I needed it, when he had it? Yeah. And I've never forgotten that. But when it came down time to the business part of everything, it fractured everything. It fractured our friendship. It fractured everything. But to see people going on the air and making fun of me is not right. Especially when I've been nice and haven't mentioned anything about this. You know, and you want me to mention your failures? Okay. I can do that. But just remember who was in charge of your station when you had your heart attack. Remember who was in charge of your station when you decided to move to Las Vegas. And then you didn't like the fact that you weren't in control of what was happening at your radio station, knowing that it was running better than it did with you here. And you decided to move back and you just said, oh, I, I, I didn't want to be there anymore. You never even gave it a chance. You were gone less than a month. But the worst thing for me was sitting there and having to tell show hosts, I have zero control over anything that's going on with the production of your show because I keep saying that it needs to get fixed and it's not getting fixed. And then they're going out and they're seeing other shows that are running just fine. And they're asking me what's different. 
And it just so happens that one of those shows was mine. And I said, well, because of the problems that everybody else is bitching about, I stopped doing my show in the studio and I'm at home. So what you're seeing is my home studio, which is what everybody's seeing right now. And my home production. That's what you're seeing. And they they would feel it wasn't fair. They would feel like they weren't being listened to. And I would ag agree 100%. And that's also when I was told that I was not allowed to get paid anymore because I wasn't doing enough for the station. That's when I stopped caring. So I'm going to end it with this. I've made a guarantee that your station, your shows, your show hosts, or any other thing involving it will never be mentioned on this show again, on this network, the network I created. I'm asking for the same in return. My name my health, joking about me, even without mentioning <clears throat> my name or any sort of thing of the, or anything of the sort stops now. Because if it doesn't, I can't sue you because you ain't got no money. But I promise you, by the end of next year, I'll own your fucking radio station. And it won't just be me that comes after you at that point. But think about all the money that you still owe me. You owe me for quite a few shows, and your former business partner kept receipts on that. But you still owe me a lot of money from when I was working for you at your graphics to, uh company that you ran into the ground as well because you refused to help pay to make it run and that was another thing you know when i decided to go and get another job because there wasn't enough work there and you didn't want to pay me anymore to sit there when it was a guaranteed money per week is what i originally signed up for you got on me about that and i said well we need you there to do what you're not going to pay me to sit there and do nothing if there's no work to do, why go there? So I went and got a job somewhere else, but that wasn't good enough for you. And I said, I'll make it a point to show up there when work needs to be done. Will it be the day it gets assigned to us? Probably not, but it'll get done that week. And it did. So he had nothing to complain about. He had nothing to bitch about. But he still had to bitch. He still had to complain. It still had to be a fucking problem. A problem that none of the other people that worked for that radio station had. See, one of the reasons I left, those are some of them. Those are the most egregious. But the worst one is, is that you claim to be my friend, but then you go ahead and turn around and do stuff like that after I ran your radio station for almost a year. 
And I'm the one that had to keep telling everybody why the bills weren't getting paid every month. Mind you. But to claim to be my friend and then to go on the air and do what you just did, that ruined everything. It ruined all of it. You never called me when I was back in the hospital in October to ask me if everything was okay. Did I actually, you know, finish what I started in June? I never got that phone call. All I got was, hey, where's the intro video to the, to the Steeler show? Never had anything after it. And then you insult me because, because I had to go into the hospital twice for an issue with my heart that I wasn't able to go to the Brown Steelers game. And you kept asking me, well, why? Well, because I'm a reasonable adult and don't spend money I don't have. And at the time, $300 tickets to go see the Browns and Steelers play was not on the top of my priority list. I had just enough, I had just enough time, uh, fun watching that team lose and make my birthday that much worse sitting at home with my wife watching the game. The outcome could have been a little bit different on my part, but I still got to watch the game. But just keep anything involving me out of your station's airtime and out of your show host's mouth and out of yours. Consider that to be your final warning on that. I don't like airing dirty laundry, but when my hand is forced, that's exactly what I do. And just just know, just know, if it continues, and if you try to talk about anybody else that's no longer associated with that radio station, you're going to have more truth bombs coming at you. And they ain't going to be from me. It's going to be from them. You might want to start thinking about how you're going to be able to clean up some of the messes that you're involved in with other people. Because at this point, I'm done. Water under the bridge. If you can't, you know, you obviously have zero desire to try to fix anything with me. So I have zero desire to try to fix anything with you. You're erased. And I'm better for it. At least, at least somebody in this situation, because it ain't no, apparently it ain't anybody over there is being an adult about it. So I'll be the adult and I'll just say it. After tonight, I don't think about you anymore. After tonight, I don't watch any of your shows anymore. I was trying to be nice and, and watch your shows. Because I did. There was a part of me that enjoyed everything that I did there. A part of the success of this show, I owe to what happened there. But to have that spit and back in my face, you want to talk about disrespect 
about, you know, let's get back to the Doctor Who fans for a second. You want to talk about what's disrespect? This is disrespect. Not having to say a line about fucking gender of an alien. What happened to me with what transpired recently with them is disrespectful. I left amicably. I didn't say anything negative. I never went on the air and said shit about anybody or talked shit about anybody. And to not have that same respect given back to me is a stab in the back for everything that I did for that station, for everything that I did for you, for everything that I did to help make that station the one place, the place where people wanted to go. This is what you caused. This is me erasing the last two years of, of, of that part of my life completely out of my life. And you've got nobody to blame but yourself. And if you think I'm kidding about what I said about owning your station if you don't keep my shit out of your fucking station's business try me That's going to do it for the show this week. We'll be back next week. I'm talking about the final part of the Doctor Who 60th anniversary special. And we're going to talk a little ring rust because there's a lot of shit coming out of WWE and AEW news wise. And uh, I want to talk about a lot of it. But for Nameless Faceless Productions and all of our great sponsors and supporters, thank you for checking out the show this week. Next week, we will not, may not be on Friday. I'm going to do everything I can to try to put it out earlier. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. If not, it'll be Friday. But until next week, everybody, have a week. Mike's Crazy Mind is proud to be the exclusive flagship broadcast of Nameless, Faceless Productions. That's all, folks.